Welcome to the CTF Podcast, Football, Movies, and More. I am your host, Connor Gates, and today we've got a lot to talk about, so uh, let's get straight into it. So, like I said, we got a lot to talk about today. We are going to do my top 25 Heisman contenders, not pl- not teams, Heisman contenders, and we're going to try to get this done in about the same number of minutes as players, but it'll probably go over 25, if we're being honest. Probably around 40. So, go get a snack. Go grab something. Let's go ahead and get into it with number 25. Sam Ellinger. Um, I feel like people forget about Sam Ellinger because Texas had a down year, but Ellinger definitely put up a fight. He was very good last season. 3,663 yards, 32 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But something that... He did not have was a defense, and his defense dealt with a lot of injuries, and he had a couple off games, but man, when he was on, the team was on, and he was incredible. Um, he did not have a ton of defense, like I said, but he did lose Devin Duvernay, so look out for that. That is a big loss, but if Texas can come back, of course, he's going to get some respect in the Heisman voting, because it's Texas, and the College Football Committee loves Texas. Um... They also don't have... They play at the Big 12, so the Big 12 doesn't have any great defenses. Baylor's probably the only one, and um, they get Baylor at home this year, and also Baylor without Matt Rule. Um, so, we'll have to see about that. That's going to be a very fun storyline to watch. Will Texas actually compete? They do play LSU, too, so that'll be fun. If they beat LSU, which don't put that on the question, they beat LSU, that's a huge case for his Heisman bid there. Next, an unknown name for some of you probably. Tyler Shuck, quarterback, Oregon. He's going to most likely be the replacement for Justin Herbert. And it could be him, and it could be somebody else, and I can't think of his name. I won't look it up because I don't want to waste time. But, yeah, Tyler Shuck is, in my opinion, going to... Also, honorable mentions, by the way. Sean Wade's not going to make it on this list. Brock Purdy won't. Devontae Smith won't. George Pickens and Chase Garvers all did not make the list, but are definitely honorable mentions that you got to think about. All those guys are extremely talented at the collegiate level. Back to Tyler Shuck, though. And the reason he's so high is Oregon still has a chance to be very good this season. They play Ohio State, but the Pac-12 all-around might be the weakest conference besides the ACC um, because teams can really beat up on each other, and that's that's probably not the argument you want to use when it's weak, because that's the it's very competitive. It's more competitive than a lot of the other conferences, so they really beat up in each other. And now I don't think uh, Oregon's made a national championship or the playoff or anything, um, but they definitely still could have a good season. Tyler Shuck is going to be that quarterback of the future, and he gets a few key targets back from last season. But Oregon does still deal with drop issues. Will those be changed? Um, we'll shall see, because Oregon's in a good situation if Tyler Shuck can come along. And if they get another good quarterback, this could be a national championship team in a couple years because their defense is so good already. Let's get to the next one, and that is a guy coming off a major injury, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State is my dark horse for the national championship this season. They returned three heavy powerhouse offensive players as well as a good amount of offensive linemen. And I think every starter on defense, which is stupid, um... But Tom Wallace, and how many games did Wallace play? Really? Okay, he played. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. He played nine games, and he had basically 1,000 yards. Now, he was doing that with a freshman quarterback, 
and Tyler Wallace is back after a torn ACL. Now, will that limit his performance? Probably, but Tyler Wallace is so good, and if you've not heard of this guy, watch tape of, like, not just him, the Oklahoma State Cowboys in general are a really, really fun team to watch, and um, I made it a priority to tune into some of their games last season, and I watched Tyler Wallace go off a ton. And um, the reason he's so low, though, because I do think he's the best player in the offense. I think Shuba Hubbard's really good, but I think Tyron Wallace is actually better. Um, the reason he's so low is because when's the last time wide receiver won the trophy? It's been a while. I don't know if it was Desmond Howard. Probably not. Probably blinking on somebody, but it's been a long, long time. Um, but Tyron Wallace is so good. Now, all of that ACL tear, will that change anything? Maybe it's a possibility. Now, next is going to be another dark horse contender, Rondell Moore. Now, people forget about this guy. Rondell Moore had a great freshman year and then got injured really early last season, and that kind of ruined his whole thing. Um, Desmond Howard actually had um, Rondell Moore winning the Heisman last season, um, and he was having a really good year until I think he got injured in like the third game of the season versus Missouri or Nevada or something, and um, they ended up having a really bad year because how key was Rondell Moore? I don't know if did he end up coming back towards the end of the year. For some reason, I'm thinking about that, but I don't think he did. But definitely watch out for Rondell Moore. He's super talented. He's probably one of the probably top ten most talented players in the nation, top five, and he plays for Purdue. So um, definitely watch out because um, if Purdue can put together a year like they did two years ago, but a little bit better, watch out because this dude is very good and he's under the radar. And man, Purdue could make some noise if he's on his game. Um, next is Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris started out the season last year with a couple great games, but then he just started lopping great games together, and he basically did not have an off game all season, finishing with 1,222 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, I mean, he turned it on. Uh, He had a great game um, against LSU, a great game against Auburn, a great game against Michigan in the bowl game. His only bad game was against South Carolina with only 36 yards, but he had the best run of the season out of anybody in that game. Um, man, he had a really good year. Um, and limited playing time, too, because that's a split backfield. Lots of guys carried the football last year. And um, he's now definitely the um, the workhorse back coming back uh, again. This is senior year, I believe. Um, he had a chance to declare for the draft. He did not. He's coming back. So is Alex Leatherwood. Um so is Jalen Waddle, who we'll get to eventually. Devontae Smith, who I mentioned as an honorable mention. Um, watch out for De- Najee Harris, though, because this dude averaged six yards a carry last season, and that's just incredible. So definitely watch out for Najee Harris. He's going to have a really, really good year. Uh, next up is someone I'm not really completely, completely sold on yet. He had a pretty decent freshman campaign but he definitely lacked in those big plays, and we shall see what happens here. But he was clutch when it mattered in games against Alabama and games against Minnesota, which they lost. Um, game against um, Georgia, they um, lost, but he had a very good game besides a late-game blunder. I'm talking about Bo Nix. Now, Bo Nix had 2,500 yards passing and 16 touchdowns, but also he ran the ball pretty well. For someone who is more of a dual, like a lesser dual threat, but he can still run the ball very well. Um, he had a max of, let's see, 56 yards, and he had that against Mississippi State. Um, there's a lot of crazy games that Auburn had. I mean, they got dominated by Florida right after killing, I think, 
Mississippi State was ranked at that point. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'm probably wrong about that. Also, he had that game-winning drive versus Oregon, and that was a bad game. But when you have a game-winning drive, that'll really make you people forget about how bad you started out the game. And Bo Nix definitely had a lot of those games where he started out bad, but he has that clutch gene. And Auburn has a really good defense still, and they have a really good wide receiver who I can't think of the name of who's going to go in the top two rounds because, again, wide receiver stack, a class stacked once again. It's not as good as last season, but that wide receiver stack class is really good again. Um, I want to get through these a little bit quickly until I get to the top ten, so let's go to the next one already. I've got Kellen Mond. Now, I'm not sold on this one. A lot of people like Kellen Mond, and I feel like I shouldn't leave him off the list just because Kellen Mond and the A&M Aggies don't have as big of a torture chamber as they did last season um, where they played Bama, they played Clemson, they played Georgia, they played everybody, and they got rocked by all those guys. They played LSU. So they don't have such a bad schedule this year. Actually, it's really favorable. They do play LSU and Bama still, but, wow, it's a really good schedule, and they could go 10-2, and 11-1 if they get one of those upsets. And Kelman's going to be the best player in the offense if it all pans out. Mon had a down year last year, but a great 2018. And um, he's still a senior. He's a senior. He's come back for his final year under Jimbo Fisher. He's been in that system for a while now. So expect a very good campaign for uh, Kellen Mond, who did lose. Um, I just want to get one of these names right. Kendrick Rogers. He lost Kendrick Rogers. He's really good. And um, uh, so we'll see because he definitely has tons of potential. He reminds me of Jalen Hurts type of player. But um, maybe a better accuracy, maybe less accuracy. I don't know. Um, but definitely got to consider him when you talk about a Heisman consideration because he is explosive. He could make a couple big Heisman-like plays, especially against those Alabamas of the world, those LSUs of the world. So don't be shocked if you hear his name come, I think it's December, they give out the trophy. Ian Book next for um, Notre Dame. And this is kind of the opposite thing because usually – Heisman guys, um, I mean, usually Notre Dame has a, not Heisman, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, usually Notre Dame has a very easy schedule, but this year is very different. Listen to this. They have Gauntlet, they have Wisconsin, they have um, Navy, who's going to be better, who's going to be really good, not better, because they had a really good year. And they have Clemson, they have an improving, Nor- or, uh, they have an improving Louisville. Um, they have uh, USC, which that's always a trap game. Um, they have Pitt, who's also improving. Um, they have lots of really good teams, and here's what happens if Ian Book can have a couple highs and moments, maybe get that upset versus Clemson, maybe have a really good game versus Wisconsin, that'll put him up higher, because lots of guys win Heisman's off moments. Um, we saw that with Desmond Howard, especially, who gave the Heisman post. It was a very good year, but not a great year, and the Heisman post won him the, the thing. Um, so, we'll see, because I think that, um, Book is a really good call, especially, it's a good bet, especially if he ends up having those Heisman moments um, on uh, against those really, really good teams. Next up is an LSU player. An LSU player, we have two of those. Um, Derek Stingley. Now, Stingley is, I think, the, is one of the, if not the only secondary person I have in this list, and might be the, I think it's the last, um, yeah, it's the last defensive player I have on this list um, and the first defensive player I have on this list because last time a defensive player won the award it's been a long long time um, but Stingley last season was the best corner as a na- in the nation as a 
freshman. He was a freshman, and he was the best corner in the nation. He had two picks versus Georgia. He had six total interceptions. He was incredible. It was one of the best seasons I'd ever seen, and he was robbed of the um, second year of the year. I don't know what the award's called, um, but he was robbed of it. He, listen to this. He had interceptions in four straight games. That's weird, and that's really crazy, and stats don't really show how good he was, and he only has 31 tackles. Here's why. He locked everyone down he played, um, and that's why he has so little tackles. His stats speak for themselves. <sighs> Sorry, I take a drink of water there. Um, yeah, Derek Stingley was stupid good last season for LSU, and he was a freshman. So only, just think about what he can do as a sophomore, man. This dude's going to be a top three pick. I guarantee he's going to be like an Akuda. He's going to have a top three pick. Unless he does something like um, Delpit did and stay too long. And these guys, they play some pretty weird quarterback situations. Um, they play Costello, and he was with Mike Leach, and they're going to throw a lot. They play Ellinger, who they throw a lot. They play Mississippi, Ole Miss, and they throw a lot with Lane Kiffin, you got to expect. Um, they play... A couple guys with shaky quarterback situations like Arkansas, and then they play Nichols State and Rice. So um, they're going to have some games where he could feast. They play UTSA as well. Um, So definitely watch out for Derek Stingley as he has a really, really good upside for this season and had a great year last year that no one really talked about because Grant Delp is just a bigger name. Um, Next up, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Um, Arizona State had a really good season last year. Um, winning their bowl game versus Florida State. Um, and they had a great year despite the fact that all their games were really close. So they would win a game, then lose a game, then win a game. Really, the Pac-12, they, they didn't go to the Pac-12 championship, but it was a situation where everything was on the line. They could have, they, I mean, it was crazy. Um, they could have won a game and made it, and then they lost the game, and then they still could have won a game. It was so competitive, and it was crazy. And... Um, Jaden Daniels had one of the best performances you'll see last season. He had a 206 quarterback rating versus that excellent Oregon defense. And he threw for 408 yards and three touchdowns. And he was a, once again, freshman, true freshman, Um, which is wild. And he's in his second year. This is a great bet if you're a betting person. Take this guy as they have a really high upside and an easy schedule to work with. And he does does have a couple... um, really good players leaving like Eno and uh, Ayuk so we shall see but he definitely has really high upside and wait for him to go off this season and he's definitely going to he's in such a good position to do so and I wouldn't be surprised if they won the whole Pac-12 because they're a really good team um next is someone who had one of the best years of any position I've ever seen now I say that a lot because last season the talent was overwhelmingly just amazing there's lots of really good teams but man I could, I'm not going to argue it because, obviously, the guy who won't... <laughs> this guy had a really good year, and people only talk about his quarterback. Um, I really want to hear a lot more about Jamar Chase because he... <laughs> I'm going to round up for this guy. I'm going to round up for him. 2,000 yards receiving, 20 touchdowns, and an average... And an average... Rece- and an average catch yardage thing of 22 yards. That is absolutely ridiculous. He had 1,780 yards on 84 receptions. 
This is insane. And he'd have games like his game versus Oklahoma where he'd have two receptions for 61 yards. And now Burrow got all the attention. And the reason he's so low, if he still had someone like Burrow or if he still had um, uh, uh, Joe Brady, I would put him like top five. But he has Miles Brennan, the quarterback. And I don't know what their offensive coordinator situation is like as um, Brady went to the Panthers. So... We shall see what that's like, but, man, Jamar Chase had an amazing year. Nearly 2,000 yards receiving, 20 touchdowns, and 21 yards average. Um, Just, I mean, if you're bored in quarantine, watch Jamar Chase tape. You won't regret it, especially his national championship performance where he put up 221 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Or watch his game versus A&M, or Ole Miss, or any game <laughs> or any game watch his game versus Auburn watch his game versus Bama watch his game versus Vandy watch his game versus Texas watch his game versus everybody because you should and he's that good um he was just different good man and, and just like just like we were talking about earlier with um with uh Derek Singley him playing some questionable quarterbacks look at this defensive like stretch, he plays UTSA bad defense, Texas bad defense, Rice bad defense, Ole Miss probably bad defense, Nickel State bad defense, Florida lost their best corner, um, Arkansas bad defense, Mississippi State it's a Mike Leach team bad defense, Alabama had a bad defense last year, South Carolina had an okay defense but it got worse progressively over time, um, Auburn probably gonna have the best defense that he plays in A&M. This guy could go over 2,000 yards receiving next season. And maybe one day, because I like talking about him so much, I might just devote a whole podcast to Jamar Chase. Probably won't happen, but I mean that'd be great because I love Jamar Chase. <laughs> um, next up, and um, this might get a bit controversial because um, we don't even know if this guy's gonna play or not. Um, and that is Mackenzie Milton. Now, here's why: Mackenzie Milton, off one of the worst injuries in college football history, nearly could reti- like probably should retire. Probably could have retired, not should have retired is going to maybe play in one of the most pivotal years for any group of five team ever. And they have a good schedule now. Like, finally, we've waited for UCF to play teams. They play UNC. They play Memphis. They play Houston. They play Temple. They play Cincinnati. Um, They play Tulane. They play FIU, who had a good year last year. They play Georgia Tech, who might improve. They also play South Florida, who's got to improve, because there's nowhere but up from what they did last season. This guy has a huge chance. Mackenzie Milton to come back and say, I'm back, I never left, you just forgot about me. Um, And, man, if we forgot about him and he comes out and has the season that he might have, that's a mistake. And I'd actually make an argument here that, yeah, you could probably argue that UCF should have been higher in their back-to-back undefeated seasons in the rankings, but I feel like the national attention is focused towards UCF a lot. You see a lot of primetime games. They play um, they play Pittsburgh in a very, very viewed game last season. I love that game. That was one of my favorite games of the year. Um, and people watch this team now. And McKenzie Milton on a big stage. We saw what McKenzie Milton did against Auburn. We saw what he did against Memphis a couple times. Um, this guy is really good. USF, too. Um, um, man. I just miss watching Mackenzie Milton play, and I don't like UCF because I feel like um, 
I'm a Boise State fan, and I feel like that's all, like that's they've not played each other, but that's a rivalry. And don't you feel kind of like Boise State was less arrogant when they played in their prime versus what it, UCF did? Which I mean, it's not bad to be arrogant. It's just not something I love. Um, especially, it's not bad to be arrogant if you're good and you can back it up. And Milton, man, I'm not saying he's arrogant, but if he, if he has a year like I'm thinking he might have, and he, if he plays or not, because Dylan Gabriel could definitely play. And honorable mention Dylan Gabriel if he's actually going to be the starter and Mackenzie Milton doesn't play, because that's not locked up completely. Um, and don't doubt it, because Mackenzie Milton had an incredible career and uh, just a shocking bad injury that um, might have derailed it, which is completely very sad. But, man, UCF... Has a, has, a, has a chance to prove themselves as that good because they have a good schedule. And um, a schedule that they should theoretically win like 9 or 10 games. They could win 12 games. Or I'm not saying they could because I just did a post today on my Instagram. Go check it out, at CTF Football, where I said that their max is 11-1 because you've got to think they lose one of these games to UNC, Memphis, Houston, Temple, South Florida, Cincinnati, Tulane, um, FIU. You've got to think they lose one of those games, right? And Tulsa beat them last year, so yeah, there's that too. <sighs> Next up, someone no one talked about. I've not heard any talk, any talk about this guy. He, he became overtime one of my favorite players in college football, partly because of his name, partly because of his game. He averaged seven yards a carry. Journey Brown. No one talks about Journey Brown running back from Penn State. Um, he was not supposed to have the job. It was a backup, and he he went steadily from backup to starter and. That's why his stats aren't unbelievable, because he went from having, like, five carries a game, six carries a game, ten carries, five, five, four, four, twelve, fourteen, twenty-one. So you see it's getting progressively bigger. And then he, he had a um, he had a 124-yard game versus Minnesota. He had a 100-yard game versus Indiana. He had a 64-yard uh, game versus Ohio State, which in retrospect is not bad. He had a 109-yard uh, game versus... Um, versus Pitt, where he had an 85-yard run. He had an 103-yard game versus Rutgers, and his best game was 202 yards, two touchdowns, versus Memphis in, I think it was the Cotton Bowl. I mean, Journey Brown was really good last season, and the reason no one talked about him is because people were so focused on the Penn State defense, which is really good. And um, there was still a lot of spotlight from the offense. Um, I mean, look, listen to this defense. 7, 13, 10, 0, 7, 12, 21, 7. They held Ohio State to their worst game of the year, probably. Um, they had a really good year in defensive category-wise. Um, most they let up was 39. That was in a bowl game where everybody shows everything. So, yeah, definitely talk about more like talk about Journey Brown more because he's definitely going to have a journey next year to a Heisman candidacy, if I were to guess, because... Penn State running backs have proven to be really good. Miles Sanders, Saquon. Um, yeah, so definitely look out for him because he's really good. Um, and no one talks about him. Speaking of no one talking about these guys, I mean, I'm having a lot of underdog guys because, I mean, who expected Joe Burrow to win the Heisman last season? Um, if you said you did, you're, you're not. You, you didn't actually think that. <laughs> um, next up, Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman for me are tied because they're just so good together. Um, Tanner Morgan loses Tyler Johnson, but he still threw for 300 or 3,253 yards and 30 touchdowns uh, for Minnesota, who had one of the best years of their, friend, their um, school's history. 
um, and had a really good bowl game. Had a great game versus Iowa. Who kept like he threw for nearly 400 yards versus Iowa, whose defense is usually really stout. Um, and really wish we would have seen them play Ohio State because Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson versus Sean Wade and uh, and uh, and Okuda and others would have been really fun to see. Um, yeah, I mean, like, listen to this. He had a 400-yard game versus Purdue. He had nearly a 400-yard game versus Iowa. He had a 350-game versus Penn State. He had a great bowl game versus Auburn where he proved everybody wrong that he could beat a good team. And, uh, yeah, part two of this is Rashad Bateman, who's going to be a first-round pick next season. Rashad Bateman had 60 receptions for 1,219 yards, 11 touchdowns, and average of 20. And um, Tyler Johnson ended up being around the end of the season, probably more of the number one guy. Uh, but Rashad Bateman had a great year, and no one talks about Minnesota because they kind of cooled down. They beat Penn State, and then they lost to Iowa and lost to Wisconsin. And so they ended up still going 10-2, and but a really good year from these guys. And um, both of them are really high for me because I have really high hopes for Minnesota. I have them really high in my top 25, and you'll have to wait to see that. Um, like, really high in my top 25. Um, so, we shall see. But I think Minnesota's in for a great year. And these guys are going to be the tail of the head. The, uh, the beginning? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me the word. I don't know the word. The, the brunt of it. Uh, which is usually a bad thing. But they're going to be at the brunt of the success. <laughs> uh, number 11, Justin Ross. Um, one of the three Clemson players we have in this list. And I'm assuming you know the other two. So, Justin Ross is on here. Uh, for one reason and one reason only. This guy's really good. He had a down year, but um, T. Higgins was there, and Amari Johnson, or Amari Rogers got back way sooner than everybody thought, and ETN was getting more receptions out of the backfield. So 66 receptions for 865 yards is not a down year, but for someone that we thought was going to have an incredible year after he had the national championship game where he was more, him or Trevor Lawrence could have argued for the MVP each. I mean, he, he regressed in um, touchdowns, um, yards, or averaged. Um, he, he had a less long uh, reception. He had one less touchdown, like 200 less yards. So, like, he regressed. But if he progresses again, Clemson's really good, and they always play an easy schedule. So expect Justin Ross to really make a lot of noise as we enter our top five, finally. About 26 minutes in, so we're way... Uh, behind what I thought we'd do. Um, so I gotta retitle this video because it was going to be um, top 25 Heisman contenders in about 25 minutes, and we're at 26 minutes right now. So let's ignore that. Next is the dark horse of all dark horses, Spencer Sanders. You probably don't know who that is because he had a bad year, but here's why I have him. He's Spencer Sanders from Ohio Oklahoma State. Here's why I have this guy. He kind of reminded me of Joe Burrow last season, where he had some struggles. He had a couple of really good games where he showed that I can really do this. And he was another true freshman last season. But he had much more of a freshman um, bad year than all the other guys that were freshmen. Um, but he's higher because his boom potential. This dude reminds me of, like, he's really good. <laughs> that's, that's what he reminds me of. Um, he's really good. I'm not saying he plays like Joe Burrow. But um, he's really good. You could tell that he had a lot of struggles. But you could tell that... If he could get rid of those struggles, he'd be really good. Um, yeah, I won't read his stats because they're not good. And I'm not saying that these stats can get better. This is just a really just wild prediction. 
because I think they could be a really good team. Um, but he had, like, really good games. Like, he destroyed Iowa State. Um, he, had, he, had, he ran a lot, too, so he was a really good rusher as well. Um, he had a 100-yard rushing game. He had an 88-yard rushing game. He had a 50-yard rushing game, 60-yard rushing game. And he had a lot of games where he threw for a lot of yards. He destroyed Texas. He destroyed Tech. He destroyed, he, he, um, destroyed uh, uh, Iowa State. And they, they lost a couple of those games. But that was because of their defense, which should be really improved. So Spencer Sanders, his stats don't pop out at you because they shouldn't. Because he had an a, a okay freshman year at best. But this dude's going to skyrocket, I promise you. This prediction is going to look much better in a while because I know it looks bad right now. But this is just on a limb. I'm saying this. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just want to be ahead of the curve because I'm not going to be surprised at all if this guy has an amazing year. And he should because he's a dual threat guy. So um, next, we've got Jalen Waddle. And here's why Waddle's above Devonta Smith. I think Waddle's a better all-around wide receiver than Devonta Smith. And Devontae Smith should probably be on the list, um, looking back at it. But Waddle being on the list is because this guy, he's insane. He's really, really good. And he was overshadowed by Ruggs and Judy and even um, Smith, who had a four ga- or touchdown game versus Ole Miss. I feel like Jalen Waddle was really, really good, and no one talked about him because he was the fourth receiver on that roster sometimes. And he only had one game over 100 yards. Devonta Smith should probably be in this list. I will admit that. That's fault. That's my fault. He should probably be in this list looking back. He definitely should be in this list. At least I had him as an honorable mention because I kind of feel bad for not including him. But Waddle has such raw athleticism. He had an amazing game versus Auburn. Uh, another thing you can watch is just Devon, or, um, Jalen Waddle versus Auburn because he just had a great game. Um, but there's some games where he was just non-existent. But the reason he's so high is because he's so good and it's so clear to tell that if he can develop some separation or get more PT, that he'll get way better and he'll have such great games because no one talks about this guy and no one talked about Burrow. So, and I know I'm comparing everybody to Burrow, but Burrow is now the gold standard of Heisman contenders or Heisman winners because he had all he had the full package. He had the story, he had the team that no one expected to be that good, he had the player that no one expected to be that good. He had one of the best seasons ever, if not the best season ever. And I'm like again, I'm not saying these guys are gonna have Burrow levels of good seasons. Uh, but Waddle does remind me of that, where no one talks about him, and he had a couple off games, but he had clear athleticism, he had clear talent. And he got better towards the end of the year, just didn't get a lot of playing time. Um, because, once again, he was fourth receiver on a roster that had so many good receivers. And once again, Devonta Smith, I'll be the first to say, should be on this list. I don't know why I didn't include him. Um, but hopefully that doesn't make you dislike the podcast. <laughs> because I just missed one thing, and I'm frustrated with myself. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, kind of upset I didn't have Devonta Smith, because Devonta Smith is better at this point than Jalen Waddle. But I feel like Jalen Waddle will have the better year, so I'll, I'll stay there with that. I mean, this this team plays USC, bad defense. Georgia State, bad defense. Georgia's going to give the biggest test to Bama. Georgia State, that was nothing. That was just a Domino's. Or not Domino's. Yeah, Domino's. Um, um, Georgia State, Kent State, both bad defenses. Mississippi, Ole Miss. Because it says on this Mississippi, it should say Ole Miss. 
bad defense. Arkansas, bad defense. Mississippi State will have a bad defense. Tennessee will probably have a bad defense, but they're getting better. LSU has a really good defense. Tennessee Martin, bad defense. A&M, bad defense. So, Jalen Waddle has a lot of opportunities to go off, and he's really clutch. We saw that he was clutch against Auburn, and they played them in the final game of the year in the Iron Bowl, of course. Next is Sam Howell from North Carolina. Um, I feel like North Carolina's getting the respect they deserve because they're a really good team. Um, they had a year nobody expected because who would have expected this in their right mind? They were really inconsistent where they would win a game that they should not have won, and then they'd lose a game they should have won. So, like, they had a game versus Clemson. Y'all all know about it. was nearly one of the best upsets in college football history where they, I mean, it would have been a great sight. It would have been a great sight to see people rock Chapel Hill. They didn't get to, though, because of a late botched um, two-point conversion to win the game, uh, which was not a bad call, but they went, what, one, one, two, two, three, two, three, 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 three. about seven and five, and they blew out um, Temple in their bowl game, um, so this team is going to go from really low to really high into an ACC contender because they're really good on paper, and they're recruiting, like, insanely well, um, and that's not something that we see North Carolina do in a lot. North Carolina, for me, should be a good team, but they're just not. And finally, they're back to prominence because Matt Brown is really underrated as a coach still. Um, because people who did not watch him at Texas and did not watch his original stint in North Carolina, who just started watching recently, and I, I've, I've watched both. I watched his stint at Texas. But those people are underrating him. Of course, people who watched back then know how good he is. But those people are underrating him. Like, who didn't see that? People need to know, North Carolina's coming, and they're coming in hot. Um, and Sam Howell was a freshman last season. He had seven interceptions as a freshman. Um, nearly 40 touchdowns, nearly 4,000 yards as a freshman. Um, and he nearly beat Clemson. So, really, you couldn't have asked for a better freshman season, especially when they nearly beat Clemson in one of the best games of the year. Um, next is Matt Jones. Here's why Matt Jones is on this list. It's Alabama. They throw a lot. It's Alabama. They're really good. Um, in what? How many games did he play? Like three? Wait, what? How many games did this dude play? Like fully? He played in like every game. But he started his first game versus Arkansas, and then he all, oh maybe he didn't because I think Tua played the first like two quarters of that and they took him out. Um, but he definitely played all game versus Auburn. He played all game versus Michigan. And he had like 1,500 yards, and he only played like fully in like three games. He had 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He's clearly good, um, but is it? Is he going to be as good as Tua? Because here's something that could happen. Um, as much as people don't really like Jalen Hurts, Hurts did have a good couple years with Alabama, and then they also had A.R.J. McCarron, they had Tua. Like, will Matt Jones be able to fill those guys' shoes? And if he even has a like good year, but nothing on those caliber people, he'll be fu- he'll he'll be he'll look bad in comparison. Um, um, but he was really good, and uh, he has a really good wide receiver core. Uh, so we'll see because I think he's gonna be really good, and no one's um, gonna think suspect that because who's a Matt Jones, you know? Um, but who was Joe Burrow? And I'm gonna keep comparing people to Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow won the Heisman. Um, Next is Jamie Newman in probably the biggest hit-or-miss prospect. He's a boost or a, a, a feast or fire. <laughs> There's a word for it. He's a boomer bust type guy. He's going to either have one of the best years in Georgia history or he's going to fall off the face of the planet. 
Um, he had 3,000 yards. 30, I'm going to round up for everybody. 3,000 yards, like 28 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns total. Um, 11 um, interceptions. And he had a good year with a team that, in Wake Forest, started out really good and then got progressively worse. Um, and then lost their bowl game. Um, but he's a running, he's a dual threat, and they bring in, um, Georgia brings in a lot of good offensive talent and a lots of good offensive uh, minds. They bring in um, Oklahoma State's offense coordinator from the Brandon Whedon, Justin Blackman years, which is a really good call. They got, or James Cooley left to go to A&M. Sorry to A&M for that. Um, but this guy had a really good year. And people are saying, oh, he's overhyped because he's going to Georgia. And not a lot of people like Georgia because they're the new powerhouse. Um, Newman's going to be really good. He has Pickens. He has Cager. Um, Cager or another guy. Cager or somebody else. Um, he has great running backs, of course. That's Georgia. They're the running back you. I don't want to hear any other argument. Georgia's running back you. Um, and, like, this dude's really good. You can tell. He, had, he played in the ACC which is a bad conference, but he played for a bad team. He had Sage Surratt, who's really good and could also probably be on this list, um, but I didn't put a Wake Forest player on. But Jamie Newman is going to be good. It's just, is he going to be good enough to win the Heisman? I don't know. Top five time, Chuba Hubbard's next. Um, everybody knows how good Chuba Hubbard is. Uh, 2,000 all-purpose yards, 2,100 all-purpose yards, 21 touchdowns on 328 attempts. Chuba Hubbard had a good game versus, like, everyone. Uh, he did no days off. He's from um, uh, Canada. So, um, it'd be awesome to see someone from Canada win the Heisman. I don't know why. I think it'd just be cool. Uh, and I think Oklahoma State's going to be a freaking fantastic team. And uh, I'm not going to spoil anything here, but uh, I've got a lot of hope for Oklahoma State. And, yeah, I mean that kind of hope. Not national championship hope, but lots of hope. Um, they have tons of talent. They have a good offensive line. And this dude's so good, he didn't he did slack off versus anybody. Let's see, his worst game was 44 yards versus McNeese. And it's probably because he was, like, pulled in the first quarter. Um, like, he ran for 100-plus on everybody versus or but McNeese. And, like, he had a touchdown in every game ver- except for the one that they barely beat West Virginia. Um, and he still had 100 yards in that game he's also a really good receiver um he caught uh seven balls at his most um had three catches had an 88 yard game catching the football so like he'll get better at catching the ball because we saw Jonathan Taylor get better at catching the ball and this dude's only a uh, junior so he could even return for his senior year uh Chuba Hubbard really good watch out everyone knows how good he is and luckily they do because man if you don't you're missing out because Chuba Hubbard's really really good um, and they play, once again, in the Big 12, and they're not known for their defense. So, uh, let's get on to the next one. Number four, Spencer Rattler. Now, here's why. And we're making this really short. We're making this really short. Lincoln Riley. Now, next up, finally here, the top three. We're finally the top three. Um, back to Rattler for a second. Um, it's not just because Lincoln Riley. Uh, of course, Kyler Murray is really good in the NFL. Baker has some good spots. Um, Hurts is not going to be that good in the NFL, if I were to guess, but he had a good college career. Um, but Lincoln Riley's a quarterback master. He's going to have, like, four Heisman winners to, in, like, one day. He's just that good at developing quarterback talent, and that's why Rattler's on here. 
Um, and that's why he's so high, too. I mean, he's the quintessential out-of-nowhere Heisman winner, just like Kyler, just like Baker was not, because Baker was, you know, just forget I said that, but what Kyler was. Um, and who expected Jalen Hurst to have that good of a year? Me. But um, anyone else maybe didn't. Uh, but Lincoln Riley is a quarterback whisperer, and uh, we'll see him turn that into a, an all-time uh, quarterback, I'm sure. Um, and I say um a lot, and I know that, but uh, <laughs> who cares? Uh, I keep saying it. I need to stop. Next up is Trevor Lawrence. But here's why Trevor Lawrence is number one. We've seen that Trevor Lawrence gets off to bad starts, and he did that in both of his career years, both two of them. Well, he's an okay start in his freshman year. Like, wasn't that good. Um, he did have some very rough spots in his freshman year that no one remembers. Um, and he had a lot of bad year or games last year early on. But he turned it around and ended up throwing, like, 27 touchdowns, no interceptions late or something stupid like that. So, yeah, watch out for Trevor Lawrence because if he has a good year, um, Trevor Lawrence is probably one of the most popular quarterbacks in all of college football. His hair, his look is different than everybody else. He came seventh in Heisman voting last season, and that's with having a really bad first couple um, games. And 3,665 passing yards, 36 touchdowns, um, 166 quarterback rating, and a uh, national championship game appearance. So even though he does not have that Heisman to his name, don't be surprised if he gets there because he has Mario Rogers, he has J- Justin Ross. There are lots of good talent on that team. So we shall see what that's like because he's really good. And here's my only problem with him. It, and this is what kind of came down to last year was he didn't have a lot of primetime games because he doesn't play in a good conference. No one really got to see Trevor Lawrence play. He's kind of an enigma until he shows up in the big games and he comes out and plays, like, on fire. Um, and that's what Lawrence was last year. Lawrence had a bad couple games off TV, and then he came on national television, and he's like, hi, I'm here, and then lit everybody up and then finished somehow seventh in the highs in voting after no one thought he would get there because he did have a bad start. Uh, speaking of people who were top 10 in Heisman voting, Travis Etienne comes in at number two, and here's why. Travis Etienne is ridiculous. He had 2,000 scrimmage yards last season, 23 touchdowns with a nation in touchdowns as a running back, um, and has had two straight seasons of that. This is his senior year. See, listen to this. He's the, he was probably the best running back in the nation two years ago, and then Jonathan Taylor came in and took that over. And now Etienne's back for his senior year. And I think he's the odds-on bet for Clemson to be the best player on that team. I don't think it's Trevor Lawrence. I think it's Travis Etienne. Etienne's fast. He's he's He can bust up some people with hits. Um, he can take hits. Uh, he's good at uh, finesse moves, like spinning. and I know finesse moves is a defensive end thing, but like spinning and stiff arms and um, juking. He has a great receiving back. Um, 432 yards receiving last season. Four touchdowns. He had a really good national championship game, at least early in that game. And um, no one really was able to stop him last season. Um, except for North Carolina, because they stopped everybody on that team. Or did they stop him? I don't know. I'm not looking it up, because we're already at 43 minutes. I don't know if anyone wants to watch 43 minutes of this. Um, but Travis Etienne is so interesting, because we've not seen a running back win the awards since Derrick Henry. Um, and I'm definitely... And Lamar Jackson, um, who's not a running back. Um, but ETN is going to get in that area of top three in the Heisman voting. I don't think that's even a question because 
they're going to rely even more on him with people knowing, okay, this is Trevor Lawrence. Let's, let's, let's cover deep, and they're going to run it, and or they're going to dump it off to ETN. And I think he's going to be the best player in that team. Um, that's a bold prediction, but ETN's really good. And uh, he, won't, he won't make it look bold because he's that good. Number one, though, and I feel like this is number one by a mile. Uh, he came, what did he come in the Heisman voting last season? Was it fourth or fifth? fourth or fifth it was third third in the Heisman voting last season Justin Fields is number one for me he threw one interception in the regular season let that sink in he plays in the Big Ten a a division that's known for great defenses Michigan Penn State Wisconsin he threw one interception in the regular season then threw two against Clemson and had a, probably one of his worst games of his career, but still he did have a good. He had an overall okay game that year, that game. But he just made a couple big mistakes and then cost him game late um, with a bad interception. But he he's going to win the Heisman. Uh, that's my prediction. I don't I don't even. It might be another one of those situations where he wins by a landslide. And I'm not saying he's going to be Burrow again, but um, like. He's just so good. He threw for 3,273 yards. And that's just passing. And he's a really good runner, too. And last year, he got his ankle hurt. And he still came back and had a really good game. I think that was against Penn State. He threw for 188 yards, two touchdowns. He had a great game versus Wisconsin twice. He threw all over Michigan. He destroyed Clemson, except for two interceptions. Um, and that's just a bad game because he threw two picks, and really that did not make him look good. But he had a lot of good rushing atten- uh, rushing outings. outings. Um, well, games of 72 yards rushing, 61, 36, 42, 61, um, 68. Like, he ha- he's, he's everything that Georgia wants at Ohio State, and Georgia should have kept him. If you ask me, they should have gotten rid of Fromm instead. Or at least said, Fromm, we'll start you, and if you start looking like you're gonna, like you did look, we'll put you out for Fields. Or they should have told Fields, you have a really good shot to start, and I'm sure they did. But he left anyway, and probably a great decision to leave to go to Ohio State. Um, bigger brand than Georgia, probably. I'm not trying to call out Georgia. I like Georgia. My dad's a Georgia fan. Um, I'm not a Georgia fan, but I don't have anything against Georgia. But... This is a staggering numbers for Ohio State. 45 points, 42, 51, 76, 48, 34, 52, 38, 73, 56, 28, 56, 34, 23. They didn't score more. Or they, like In the regular season, they scored their lowest points total was, what, 28? And now it's Penn State who has a really good defense. And it was mainly to this guy, J.K. Dobbins. And Dobbins is gone. And expect... Justin Fields and Chris Olave to come back and say, hey, we're here, and we're here to stay for a year, and we're going to destroy this NCAA, and we're going to make sure that we're known as the best team in the nation, because I think they might start the season the, the year number one overall in the nation, because they have a really good defense, too. Sean Wade was someone that I left off this list, and I put him in the honorable mentions list. Um, but Justin Fields is going to have a great year, and it, he, all signs point to that. He had 41 touchdowns in his first full year at Ohio State, 3,273 yards, a lot of rushing attempts, only one interception in the regular season. 
let's get to the outro. Thank you all for watching. If you did enjoy, please share the podcast with people you think will like it. And, um, yeah. Have a good day. Stay safe. Thank you for watching.